Kyle, what were Don't you? Don't we all? I'm a okay. I'm hold a on. Let's three. let's start the show so we can Shallow talk to three. talk about okay. engrams again. Okay, <laughs> Ky- Kyle, count me down. Um, <clears throat> twenty. We asked for this. Ten, I did. Nine, eight, seven, six. Smoke is coming out. Five. The engines are prepped. Four, There's a slight glow coming out of the cone. Three, two, one. One. Hey everyone, this is Wizard Opinions. Joining me today is Alex May. Yeah. And Kyle I'm Mathis. That's, that, that's correct. Uh, thank you that's for joining easier. us again. Uh, if you didn't hear the last episode, we're starting a new format where we actually have topics to talk about, and hopefully that'll keep us a little more focused. Uh, so they say. So they say. Last week, our topic was Enneagrams, the new fad of personality tests. Uh, yeah, and we have a new a, fad. It's been it around is, for a little while. It's been around for a little while, but I think it's just because it's like spiked in popularity because I never heard of it for until sure. a couple of weeks sure. ago. And uh, we're just going to have a couple Enneagram updates since only Kyle and I had taken the test last week. Uh, let's see. I was a two wing three, but then when I read the details, it told me I might be a nine, but I thought I was nothing. Uh, Kyle, what were you? I was split between a, a three and a five, perfectly split. Oh, you were the terrible I'm, ones. That's right. Yeah, oh, but I'm like, a, an but I think emo. I'm a three. An emo number five oh, does not surprise me. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. That's me. Super, super insecure. <laughs> Always setting goals that never pan out. Mm-hmm. Check. Yep. Check. <laughs> uh, and then being super depressed about it. Says I don't achieve anything. Mark That's did me. follow up and take the test, and he was a number one wing nine. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think those are both wing really good nine. ones. Should I list off his... Uh, yeah, let's let's uh, analyze Mark site? without him being here. I think that's the best way to <laughs> do it. Here we go. I'm going to name just a few that are listed here. Margaret Thatcher, Prince Charles, William F. Buckley, Mary Poppins, Mr. <laughs> what? Spock. That's not a, that's not a celebrity. Tina <laughs> <laughs> Fey, Maggie Smith. That's a f- So Mark is a fictional character. The church lady. Again, not, not a... Seinfeld. Martha Stewart. This is this is on this website. Puff the, the Magic Dragon. Barney. Yeah, the Wuzzles. Osama Bin Laden is a one, by the way, in case you're wondering. Well, <laughs> makes sense. He took the test. Uh, uh, Alex, what did did you uh, happen to take the test at all? Yeah, I've taken the test twice. Um, two two different two different I guess iterations or uh, sources. That's interesting. And. and uh, I, Did you get a twenty three, and then you studied a lot. You came back. You got a twenty eight. What? So wait. Here's 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 a. Sometimes I think that personality assessments. Um, the that there's there's an inherent weakness of like the controllability of the test taker to drive their results yes. towards a certain out outcome that they, you know, perceive as being like what they want themselves to be like. Um, that's actually something I think the Enneagram is a little bit better about. Anyway, mine was a seven. Okay, and Kyle, so, what's a, what's a seven there? Oh God. Uh, 
Hang on, I was looking up the Apex movie again. Well, uh, I'll, on, I'll just update you on something we said. One thing we talked about is we uh, we took the test a little differently. Like Kyle took the test as in like, what am I right now? Yeah. Whereas I took the test, my answers were very different between depending on how the question was answered, because mm-hmm. I took it as like, well, this is the way I am naturally. These are my natural tendencies, but this is the sure. way I am now because they're not like I know the way I am and I take yes. steps to counteract that in my life. So of it's course. like if you say, for instance, uh, do you sleep a lot? The answer is no. Uh, do you want to sleep a lot? The answer is yes. <laughs> so, yeah. like, you know, it's kind of, it's the, questions um, in the same ballpark, but if you turn the, the way the, it's asked a little bit, I'm going to give different answers. Sure. Yeah. One of the things about, one of the things about the Enneagram that I think is, is uh, better, I, I mean, I guess better or whatever than a lot of other personality assessments is that uh, the Enneagram, whenever you start reading more about these different profiles or types or whatever it is uh, uh, it's categorizing people I guess that's how you would put it not in terms of their strengths of their character like you're a hard worker you're a blah 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 of like uh, what makes what's good about you it's 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 defining your personality on your neuroses more than it is on what makes you what what's so great about you it turns out i I have too many neuroses to be properly categorized (laughs) i think that's really what it is i have a question for you uh alex you took Uh it twice you got the same results twice uh yeah i i i I don't know the wing stuff i did but i had seven but you were both times you did you take them like within a week of each other or did you take it like Uh, a year later we're gonna call. We're gonna call in a month. We're gonna call Alex okay. a flightless seven. No he way. He is the enthusiast, the busy, variety-seeking type, spontaneous, versatile, acquisitive, and scattered. His basic fear of he doesn't want to be deprived and in pain. <laughs> You're so right. Only uh, Alex oh. feels that way. Yeah. <laughs> no one. I love pain. Me. He, he wants to. Dude, be if you want to deprive me, oh, it's the best. <laughs> He wants to be satisfied. Deprive me, daddy. <laughs> he wants to be fulfilled. Jesus Christ, that's everybody. Anyway, no, I'm sorry. I shouldn't talk that. Anyway, it's weird. This okay. test we took says you want good stuff what's and your, you don't want bad stuff. What's, what's your winger? Do you find that to be accurate? What's winger your wing? cafe. What's your wing? Did you, do you know? Do you remember? No, I don't. I, I don't. I don't remember. But I, I would say I, if you I, got seven both if times, you're six wing. You're an entertainer. If you're an eight wing, you're a realist. Well, we're gonna go with uh, uh, definitely no. go with the entertainer there. All right, <laughs> I, I gotta read no, out. That's I'm gonna read out your your, your like average your average level here. As restlessness increases, you want to have more options and more choices available. Uh, you become adventurous and worldly wise but less focus, constantly seeking new things and experiences. Um, you're sophisticated, you're a connoisseur, um, money, variety, and keeping up with the latest trends is important to you. Um, that's your average level type. I would say take seven. out money, and that's pretty accurate for you. Oh, I, I don't think you're someone money. who's like got a huge boner for cash, but 
nope. you, you like trends and you like variety, you like being involved, dipping your toes in a lot of pies is a yeah. thing lots of people say. I, it's definitely I, not I, something I made a mistake I, on. Yeah, I think Alex I'm flaky I, AF and, yeah. you know, I just, <laughs> you know, yeah. just variety. Are wise, I guess. Um, well, that's. Not, I think that's a good. That's a good. That's a good. You know, a follow up. Sure Maybe we'll do this every yeah. week. We got a little follow up on the last week. Here's, <laughs> we here's some extras. Week and see how we're feeling that week. <laughs> well, right. I'm a dick again this week, boys. <laughs> a three. I want to be cool, but I never will be. How about you guys? Turns out I took this test again. Let me see. It says, "Yeah, I suck." <laughs> um. Two. Okay. So our what we decided on doing this week is we decided to watch a movie, uh-huh. and uh, Kyle had a great topic that I want to come back to that Alex you may agree to was photography, mm-hmm. because I said oh, no, Alex I hate that. Yeah, I was like Alex. <laughs> I think Alex should be involved. Definitely be involved in the photography thing. I want I want his voice yeah, in on that. Cool. So I think it was a better you're, you're topic. Very good. But we're uh, delaying that a week, and this week we watched a movie. And that movie is Hitting the Apex, yes. which is about like the 2010 to maybe 2013 uh, years of the MotoGP professional motorcycle racing competition. Incredible. It's the world, the, the, the largest motorcycle racing uh, competition. It's like the F1 of motorcycles. Yes. And uh, it was, yep. it's, I thought, uh, a really good movie. I watched it. I was super excited about it. It's definitely a movie more about the people than the sport. Uh, which is what I liked about it. I was able to watch it with my but wife. It, it's it's so informative. It's so it, it really it, is. It, it 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 drops these nuggets of knowledge and understanding about the system and of of how all these things work here and there, just enough to where it doesn't bog you down, but it it it, it keeps you. It, it puts everything in context, and it, it yeah, it's and so good. It's such that's such a one good, thing. I Whoa. was going to ask because I do watch Moto. I started watching MotoGP a couple years ago, so I obviously know a little bit more about the sport. And I was left in certain parts thinking, like, "Oh gosh, are Alex and Kyle going to know what this means? Like, are they going to understand so, what the point system means? Because Alex, they they never like sit down and explain the point system, which I think is actually good because that would be a great movie for me, <laughs> but terribly boring <laughs> yeah. for most people." Alex. Um- do, yeah. do you did you ever do you know anything about MotoGP or follow it at all before you watch this? No, knew, not at all. I knew nothing as well. So I think you and I will have a similar take. And I, the point system, I didn't really get heavy on Jesse, but I just assumed that it was like kind of any other sport where you have like uh, <clears throat> like circuits where depending on your place you get points, and then at the end of the season, whoever has the most points. That's kind of the way soccer yeah. works with goals. But they also exactly. had the point system that was. Uh, the 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 penalty the penalty point points system. yeah that was but, they, they actually introduced that is that during those years point, though? yeah no like, it's yeah not. That, that, that was a four point system so you could you don't want to so get like, four points yeah if you get four points you start at back you start you have to start at the back so you start at the back on the race but like does every one of those points also count against like your season points no mm. okay it's like it's it's like points on your driving license basically right. it's the same thing. <laughs> That's where the that idea is. came from. Okay, I, I'm really intrigued to 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 actually watch some events and to 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 see more about what it's about. I, I loved I loved seeing the initial uh, 
just you know it, it it reels you in with these people stories like you're talking about how you, it, it uh, who's the first guy the older guy that they kind of uh, that would be Valentino Rossi he is yeah a Rossi, little backstory they, I can give a because sure. I'm familiar with MotoGP I can give a little backstory on most of these guys Valentino Rossi uh, has been around a long time he started racing in MotoGP in the early 2000s and he he's a nine-time world champion a couple of those were in like moto 2 but uh which is like the junior league of moto gp it's where people get their start but uh man he he is one of those people where he came in he was like a michael jordan or a uh, lebron james or someone like that or a modern f1 comparison is uh uh, Hamilton, he he just came in and, and rocked the house. He won almost every season, and not only every season, but almost every race mm-hmm. for yeah. six, and, and for, seven years straight. For some context <laughs> to anyone that is listening and doesn't know anything about this, which I would imagine would be most people, uh, Rossi's about our age, early 30s now, right? Or he's probably No, no, he's now. old. And, see, this movie was made. Six Wait, or seven years ago, he's probably he is now, now right? yeah he is now forty racing. years old and he is uh-huh. still racing. So he's he, he's old wow. man. He's like gerontology because right. everyone in this movie is like ten. Yeah, everyone uh, in this movie is like start. twenty years old. For, for some those, context, all those dudes are they like are they like like jockeys? You know, like r- these these like really slight fellows. These really they, they seem very small. They're they're smaller than average, but uh, I will say you can't in like say Formula One racing. The smaller you are, the better. Those guys are super tiny. Yeah. But with motorcycle racing, it is a very physical. Like you are wrestling with the machine. Well. Because you have to have the you have to be quite the, strong. The center of balance, your center of gravity to to hold that steering apparatus and lean yeah. the way that you do. You can't be that small. So That's smaller is better, but you do have to have the physical strength. Like the smallest sure. guy, I think in in the movie, the smallest guy would be Danny Pedrosa, and uh-huh. he is like five 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 six. Everyone that- else, I think everyone else is about five nine. So they're not tiny, but they're. They're shorter is than Danny average. The one, is Danny the one that had his collarbone broken and <laughs> like got the surgery oh and like, jumped right uh, back uh, on? The... No, that was the... Uh, no, was that Pedrosa? That, no, that was another guy. Well, that was the thing. Jorge Lorenzo got his that, collarbone yeah, broken twice in that this movie. No, but and Pedrosa got it broken once. So. He was the one where like he would sneeze and a bone would break, though. <laughs> yeah, he was, the one, he was the one who had like an extremely long list of... Okay, so Danny Pedrosa is 5'2", and he is considered... Everyone was worried about him when he started because they mm. thought he was too small. They it thought he would not so have the physical strength. Mm. He's five two. He's quite small. <clears throat> so I would say, on average, they're pretty. They're they're you know you're not going to have a lot of six footers out there, but they're uh, they do have to be strong. Yeah, um, and and like so in the movie, and I, I have some notes here, so I'll like yeah I'll yeah yeah to, go ahead. I'll try to hit these. But oh, just a quick note about Rossi. Rossi is still racing. He is still racing for Yamaha. And yeah. uh, he came in third in the championship last year. In the championship wow, that awesome. ended like four months ago, he was third in the championship. So he is still successful. I don't think he, he won he was... a race, but he he is kind of the... Per- now he's become the guy who just doesn't crash. So he, he always he finishes. Was, uh... He's always in the top five. So he usually comes out like second or third in the championship. 
at mm-hmm. the beginning of the documentary, I was like, I kind of hate this guy. And then by the end of it, and I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how much of it was like the filmmaking part of it where they painted him in such a light. But by the end of it, I was like, he's probably the coolest one of them. Like he's yeah. probably the most stand up. I don't know if that was on purpose or. Well, if, like, he's the most. Ma- that, he's the most mature. Is that For how sure. he, is that how he came off in his career though? Like you as someone who watched it, like um, did that did that movie paint him in a way, or that document paint him in a way that like kind of glorified him more than? I think I think it painted an actu- an accurate picture of current Valentino okay. Rossi. <clears throat> Valentino <clears throat> Rossi early in his career. Uh, this movie kind of. Uh, there's another racer called Mark Marquez, who is kind of he yeah. is kind of the new Valentino Rossi in a lot of ways. He's he's winning all the time. He's extremely talented. He's extremely young, and he kind of does not give a rip about other people. Mm-hmm. You know, he's very reckless. He crashes a lot, and that was Valentino Rossi in his early years. Like he was a very he was considered a, a very reckless like. <clears throat> very dangerous rider when he first started, but of course he was winning every race. So, I mean, and every rider is going to be dangerous when they're 17 and that's like, they all started. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think that is, I, I thought that, I thought that it was really cool the way that they, they start out with the profile of Rossi and they're, um, they're going through like, Oh, he started out like r- racing when he was like, you know, he's still in pampers. You know, they didn't say that, but you know, it's like it's this story about like, oh, he was just born for this, and they kind of set up oh, Rossi yeah. as this like golden boy, and then it goes like, boom, 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 back to back dudes who have like. The same history, the yeah. same home videos, the same like drive. Grew same, up in the same, same like, towns. Yeah. yeah, and so yeah. it was so cool because it was like it it gives you an impression of how like that season of that 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 chunk of time right there. Um, the reason why they would make a documentary about it is right. not just because this sport is so great or because this guy is so great. It's because there was a convergence of extreme talent at that moment in time. That and it all was hit at, yeah. time right then. It was wonderful. Like I loved that part about it. Yeah. And that, that was the thing is Rossi was untouchable and he, he didn't just win races. Like he won races, won races by laps. He was even, <laughs> So each team, I will say this if you don't know, because uh, it didn't. All oh, this is another one of those racing things that didn't explain. A uh-huh. team in MotoGP has two riders. Right. So the Yamaha team has two riders. The Honda team has two riders. They are not consi- like the. <laughs> I'm sure their boss considers them teammates. But the writers do not consider themselves teammates. Yeah, I can only imagine. Right. There's a saying that your teammate is your most important opponent. He's the one it's most important to beat. Because you have to say, we're on the same team, we have the same motorcycle, but I'm faster. So it's like a stamp. You can say, okay, all other things being equal, I'm faster than this person. Yeah. So it is actually very important to to beat your teammate. And Rossi was in a situation where even his teammate, who was racing on the same equipment, he was beating him by a lap at the end of a race or by 15, 20 seconds. It's wild, which is a long so, time. So, um, so here's something, and maybe I misheard it wrong in the documentary. Maybe I did hear it right. Um, 
but I think Brad Pitt at one point was like he said that these. Oh, Brad Pitt's cost- the narrator, by the way. Yes, Brad Pitt is a racer. He races still. It's very obvious that it's Brad Pitt in the beginning, and then it kind of fades away that it's Brad Pitt. But right in the beginning, you're like yeah. Brad Pitt. It's like, oh, Brad Pitt. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he's a narrator. Uh, but he he mentions does a good job. Pretty, pretty, yeah, pretty early uh-huh. on, he's like, um, these motorcycles cost millions. Like, how much are those worth, really? Because I had no idea. I would be like, oh, that's probably like a fifty thousand dollar motorcycle. There, like, like how expensive are these? Things? I guess it's the expertise input put into the the machine. Yeah, that that cost is, is that probably it? including the cost of the engineers that build the bike and the pit crew the that maintains seven it. Seven different engineers the, that they yeah, list right. off I got at the you. beginning. See, is I, I was incredible. thinking just the bike. So, like, if you were going to buy that bike, though, just if I was going to buy the Yamaha bike, from <clears> could be a team, couple million. Yeah, easily. Just, just to own it. Yeah, just and and here's the reason. It is so. There's another international motorcycle racing organization called World Superbike, and they race motorcycles you can heavily modified, but motorcycles you can buy. Right? <laughs> like you know, you can you can. They are racing a Kawasaki Ninja or a Yamaha R1. They're okay. heavily modified, whereas mm-hmm. MotoGP is the prototype. Uh, racing series so these are not motorcycles you can buy these are motorcycles they are doing things to that they have never done before they are trying like new ideas of how to make a motorcycle fast speaking of and so the technology that they use in MotoGP will move into world superbike but like six years later they're so far ahead of the curve in terms of technology and technique gotcha what i thought was really incredible and i or the idea of it was i did i I don't fully understand this transition and this evolution in the sport. Um, but in my mind, I was like, wow, that's really crazy. Is when they started talking about how the technique in turns had changed over time because of the engineering of the tires or something. Yes. And how the leaning uh, technique had changed to where it, it, you know, it used to be that the bike was on the ground and that it, you, you know, you were the the body was not w- could be off the the ground, and now it's like the bike is able. They they keep you the hang bike off, off the bike the with them. You hang off the bike like a monkey now. It's wild. Yeah, they it, and it's like what 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 transition in physical attributes as far as the tires and so forth had to occur for that weird change in the physics of the whole game. I mean, it's crazy to think about like the whole technique of leaning into your turns and not just leaning. I mean, like, you know, like they said, now you have to almost touch your elbow to get the, the, that's the only way to make these things turn. Uh And, it you yeah you go to the older footage and the bike is on the ground and the body is is up a little yeah the, a little the body is closer to the bike but the bike is leaned really far over and now the bike is the bike is standing uh, at like straight a 45 up. degree or whatever and the body their their body is literally on the ground like hanging way 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 off I thought that was so cool because yeah you. The, with the ever changing technology you would have to 
it, it just shows how good they are and how driven they are to 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 man these machines in such a death-defying way because there's no you know most of the time you have you have these stories of somebody who like like they drove this car and they always wanted the same steering wheel and they always it was like the same thing that they were famous for forever and it you know they didn't ever want to get outside of that wheelhouse because they knew they could just bring it home with what they had and with competition the way that it is in 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 this sport you had to like everybody has to adapt and within five years you can go you can totally change a technique right. based on the the physical attributes of your 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 gear I yeah, that was it's great. interesting. I think that's part of understanding why. So, kind of one of the arcs in this movie is how Rossi, this extremely successful guy... He changed brands or whatever? Was that the yeah, one? Yeah, he changed from Yamaha to Ducati. At the uh-huh. same time, all of this new talent is flooding into the sport. Like, yes. people that were raised racing in this new fashion... Uh, he has to move to a new brand and that brand is just not as good. Like the motors, I will say it is, it's also a case of dealing with the machine. So one of the, one of the successful talents in the movie, Casey Stoner, uh, did well on the Ducati. He's the Australian. He's the Australian. Yeah. So Rossi went from Yamaha to Ducati because Casey Stoner went from Ducati to Honda. Honda is a better machine than the Ducati, but mm-hmm. the du- he was still winning on the Ducati, but the reason was Casey Stoner started as a dirt track racer. So yes, he has a I lot of he saying. has a lot of experience with very unstable motorcycles that move around a lot, that slide into corners, that mm-hmm. so the Ducati was a very unstable motorcycle that he was able to control because of his background. Whereas Valentino Rossi, who has always been on extremely precise bikes, went to the Ducati. The, the movie puts a lot of emphasis on the bike, not being very good, but it was also a case of it. His riding style did not match. Yeah. yeah, You jump into something that's like totally outside of what he's used to. Um, Yeah. Another it would be like we, going from a Formula One car to a NASCAR. Like yeah, maybe you're an excellent is, driver, but and everyone's slow to blame uh, the best rider in the world, right? Right. Like, <laughs> exactly. James starts sucking at us. These new basketballs. <laughs> uh, LeBron, he could never. It's the new rims they installed. So, so that was part of the arc, and I, I think part of that was so Rossi spent. During the time when that new riding style was becoming popular because of these new tires that had higher grip, Mm -hmm. basically the motorcycle could be more vertical because the tires had higher grip. So everyone was adjusting to this new riding style, and he was just trying to keep his motorcycle on the track. Like, he did not have the the time to adapt to the style because he was just focused on learning a new machine. So the, the, the bike being more vertical around the turn with the rider's body doing more of the 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 balancing um or counterbalancing uh the bike being more vertical and having more actual surface area of the rubber on the road that allowed them to accelerate more around the right. turns right basically and you could carry more speed through the corner because your bike is more vertical 
Yes. You have more. Green. Okay. Kyle, one yep. thing, as a, as, as going 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 fresh into this as I did. Um, what what did you think about, or how did it impact you when you saw Simoncello? <laughs> Direct. You, you, you're ahead of me, but yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So let's uh, let's go in order. Kyle has yeah, some notes, so Kyle yeah. keep oh, us so on I, track. Go for, yeah. it. go for so, it. So I have. So basically, I, I took some. Notes. I didn't take a lot, right? But I took notes, and I was taking them as I was watching the film. Okay. And and the part you're talking about <clears throat> was like the most dramatic crap ever for a documentary. Hey, I was like, yes. I was like, what the hell? What? No way. Uh, I mean, because but we'll, we'll get we'll get to that because I, I yeah I was like. I think I might have texted you, Jesse, or I was thinking... I think I didn't text you because I knew we were going to talk. Right, but um, you texted me something like, oh, we have to talk about this, or something like that. I was, I was just going to be like, dude, you didn't tell me somebody freaking dies, bro. <laughs> 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 uh, but anyway, because uh, I'm so, just saying, oh, look at these 16-year-olds yeah. racing on fat, you know, going around corners 100 miles exactly. per hour. Nothing's going to happen to them. But anyway... No. But, <laughs> They're invincible, but, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, let's... So that is that is like... So that's Number basically the setup for the video. We're we're yeah. we're getting we're taking a long time to get into it, but the yeah, setup yeah, is like, Rossi has been around forever. He's having uh-huh. some trouble, and we have five new writers that are very talented that are getting involved in the sport, and that is Jorge Her- Lorenzo, who joined Yamaha, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Marco Simoncelli, who uh, raced for a, a Honda team, not the main one, uh, Danny Pedrosa, who raced for. Uh, Honda and Casey Stoner, again Honda, mm-hmm. and as will come later in the movie, uh, Mark Marquez. I, th- I have a feeling they yeah. extended. They were gonna keep this movie down <laughs> to a couple years and then extended it once Mark Marquez joined. Yeah, he's because that's Kyle. he's he's a big story. Yeah. So that's the, that's the, the setup. Movie for was the released story. what in fifteen? Yeah, yeah I think two thousand fifteen. Did you did you say Pedro? Uh, did you say Lorenzo? Yeah, Lorenzo. Okay. No, yeah, I didn't know if you'd listen to him or not. I think I blanked out. Um, but yeah, all these guys, it's about them. But but here's the thing. As I started watching this, I mean, the name of this thing is Hitting the Apex. And I, I didn't know what the Apex was. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I was like, wait. They talk about it like right in the beginning. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, they mean like an Apex angle. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like such an idiot because I was I thought that there was going to be An Apex some... is the center of a turn, the peak of the corner of the yeah. turn. And then, like, but then I did not even make that connection until it was, like, slow-mo, and someone was making a turn, and Brad Pitt's like, hit the apex. Lean. (laughs) Don't fall off the bike. Don't fall off the bike. Seriously. (laughs) Don't fall off the bike. It's very dramatic. Did you see Um, that guy halfway through the movie? (laughs) It was terrible. But, yeah, so I didn't know what the apex was. Uh, But kids at home, it's an angle. It's a turn. Yeah. That's well, what they're hitting. The Apex, I, I told Jesse whenever he first told me what the theme, which movie I needed to watch, hitting the Apex sounded like like a 70s instructional movie on how to do root canals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. I, I didn't know it. I didn't even. Hitting the I, Apex. I didn't even think about the title because I do nothing about it. So I just assumed. I didn't even think it was going to be mentioned, honestly. I didn't have any expectation of like what the Apex was. But Don't I felt like know, a real. I feel like a real idiot though. <laughs> if you say like hitting the apex too, you could be you, you like an apex you know, you, predator. 
Sure, but you could have you could you could associate that loosely yeah. with like being this uh-huh. ultimate dude yeah. because these guys are all so one hundred percent like other you know beast mode guys. Gosh. They are just that, crazy. That's what mine was leaning. I think was like, right. oh, this is just going to be the cream of the crop. Like it could have been called. <laughs> it could have been called cream of the crop. Top dogs. Yeah, top dogs. That's that's what I was thinking. I didn't best actually biker know boys. <laughs> I didn't know that it it actually meant something. So that that was interesting. Um, another thing that kind of caught me off guard, which is, and you briefly talked about this, was how reckless the younger guys are. And you oh, think yeah. about like they're they're leaning in and they're like dragging their elbows across the ground, go like a hundred to two hundred miles per hour or whatever. Um, but there's a moment where. Uh, you're, you're like watching Simicelli and Lorenzo and they're talking about Simicelli is like super reckless and Simicelli at the press conference. Uh, he, well, yeah, it was right before that. Um, but oh, man. that was really awkward. And I was like, Lorenzo's a dick. And then after that happened, <laughs> I was like, wait, Lorenzo is actually pretty cool. Yeah, here's, here's the funny <laughs> thing about that particular incident. If you watch a lot of motorcycle racing and the movie kind of takes Lorenzo's side and it frames it as, Oh, Simicelli is a really reckless dude. And, um, uh, but if you if you watch that, like the the contact was kind of Lorenzo's fault. If you watch a lot of motorcycle racing, that was kind of Lorenzo's fault. But it was true that Simoncelli, yeah. in general, was a very Clearly. reckless and dangerous driver at first. Um, but but, <clears throat> but everyone so, is. So I, I know they're wearing obviously they're wearing like crazy leather. They got those weird like oxygen packs on their back or whatever the hell that is. <laughs> it's but, filled uh, with water actually. Yeah. Is that water? I don't it's what know. it's it's what it is is it's just like it's just like an aerodynamic feature on their race suit. Everybody has a hump on the back of their race suit to make it more aerodynamic, and they just fill it with yeah, water okay. and they f- feed a straw so through the helmet so that they can. The back of their head is yeah. is, is smoother, yeah. So that to make the airflow off the helmet and down their uh-huh. back easier. But yeah. they figured, oh wait, these guys get really thirsty, so they just filled it with water so they can drink during the race. How long is the race? It's not long. It's about thirty-five minutes. Okay, I thought uh, uh, that that makes it sound like it's like a four hour deal or something. And no, I was thinking, motorc- well, how do they piss? But they they don't. don't uh, they do not do pit stops, and motorcycles do not have a lot of gasoline. So okay, it's that a short race. Say, there ain't no way you can burn that hard and fast for like for a, like NASCAR length well, of race. Well, they did. They did like. They do swap bikes though. Sometimes that that <laughs> only happened that that only happened for that one special instance. So they okay. focus on that once, and it it was literally because of the track yeah. conditions mm-hmm. were just really that, bad. I assumed that at any given moment they could swap during these races. It was completely normal to pit stop and and, and do a, a switch. But I guess you not. can pit stop um, anytime you like, but it's not advised. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course not. Um, but when, okay, so whenever Lorenzo. <laughs> skidded on Simicelli's arm with his tire like even with the leather does that would that physically hurt it would burn like, would that burn like how bad are we talking here probably not too bad but it would it, it's a friction burn it's you know it would not hurt his skin physically but it would heat up the leather and probably burn him yeah, yeah. and that those tires are are spinning so freaking fast it's going to yeah. transfer some serious heat it's not going to like tear him up but i can imagine it would be pretty dang hot yeah right. i was just thinking like man i bet he has like a spot there for like a week or something <laughs> or, like, that would hurt really <laughs> I, and honestly i was thinking like how i know it's hitting the leather but like how the hell did he hang on you know what i mean i feel like if a tire like hits your arm unbelievable it would freaking 
like throw your arm back a little bit or throw you off balance enough because you're already because it happened in a turn, so they're already leaning. So he's got to be gripping that thing freaking right. <clears throat> well, it, dude, it's, and this is you this think is, about. Go ahead, Alex. Go for it. I was gonna say you think about you. you, you I've seen where a, a car going down the interstate at like eighty miles an hour or ninety miles an hour, they overcorrect on you know a turn of for somebody cutting them off or something like that, and yeah. and and. They they swerve and they get into a, the s- serious like fishtail swerve and then they they you know you they total the car after that yeah. and they're they're going uh, a quarter or a third of the speed that these guys are on a vehicle that has a much lower center of gravity as far as like being spread out and wide and having four wheels having four wheels <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, uh, so and, and to think that like that can happen at that speed in a car and mind you it's not a performance based vehicle or whatever but to know that like you see some of these people coming out getting clipped coming out of a slide where maybe i don't know their knee was dragging and something was a little bit grabbed more than they thought or i don't the know bikes just the completely bike goes, loose goes crazy starts wobbling I, all over the they fishtail they they shake to the side to side you it, get head it, shakes ooh, it, but then they but then they pull it back in <sighs> Unbelievable. But then they, but then they, how in the world do you correct that? If you're going 200 miles an hour, and I mean, like you're not going to come out of the turn going 200, but you're going 200 roundabout, and you get into like you know, it like a like like a skateboard going downhill, you know, and it starts to do the death wobble, like that. The freaking bike goes insane between their legs, and uh, somehow they—it's—it's—it's they, it's, it's yeah. almost you can tell that it's not something they're doing consciously. You can nope. tell that it's just their body is just reacting to yeah. the bike mm-hmm. to keep it straight. Because I don't think That's that incredible. you could make a conscious decision to settle something that quickly. No, and there there was this actually plays really well to um there was a quote in the movie, and I think Brad Pitt said it um, at some point. But the quote was um, essentially something like, you can't learn to go fast without crashing. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, this whole movie, like, at a certain point, this movie just turns into crash the movie. Where, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they lean into, like, how dangerous And I thought, is. Th- this was the point where I thought I would like to talk about this movie with people. Because emphasizing the point that you have to crash. In yeah. order to be good, you have to fail. You yeah, have to crash sure. the bike to find out that edge, that uh, edge of how far you can take the bike. And it's it's different for every track in every situation. Figuring out, that's why so many of them crash in practice, is because they're trying to find that razor's edge where they can push the bike to its absolute limit. And to find yep. that limit, you have to go over it. And, that's, and I thought, like, that's like almost a life lesson. Like, in yeah, order exactly. to be good, you have to fail. Oh, yeah. That's, and that's why I took a note of it because whenever they said that, I was like, "Man, I wish that's something." I wish that someone I had told me of. that like twenty years ago. <laughs> yeah, because because I, I look back to when I was a kid, and it was like 
I would get super skittish about like skateboarding or rollerblading. Or like if I was going to try to learn how to do a backflip or something, I'd be like, man, this isn't worth it. <laughs> you know, like, uh, oh, but I then feel- I look at these guys who so I'm like, okay, this dude dies potentially uh, when he gets up to this speed and he's just owning it. Now he is kind of young and dumb, but whenever I was 16 and full of not that spirit. Brave. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I wasn't that, I wasn't that, uh, that brave. So there is something to be said about the bravery there. And like you said, that is like a life lesson to in different facets of life. That plays in. Like you can't learn to achieve without failing, right? You oh, yeah. can't. You can't get well, to that point. And I think, I think the exact quote was, "A a fast driver can learn not to crash, but a slow driver cannot learn to be fast." Well, it's like, uh, yeah. I mean, I always, I, I I think that one of the and I've told my kids and and also apparently not because all these fast drivers were crashing constantly. <laughs> yeah well but it's when messing up and getting something wrong is like the best way to inch to not to ensure but to stack your odds against not doing it the same way again so it's it's like in dentistry uh i would instead of spending 10 hours on our first project when we were first learning something brand new and here's my very first example of this thing that I spent 10 hours on, I would pump out a hundred crappy ones really fast. And I would just be like, and I, and I would just back to back to back to back to back. And I just knew they sucked. But when it came time to turn it in, that last one, I, w- I would spend some extra time on it, and I would already have had so many errors under my belt that other people didn't have, and it d- gave me an edge because people want to be slow and meticulous and calculated the whole way through and just like on their I very hate. first try. It, it, you got to screw up. You got to figure out like? where your boundaries are. What are the errors that you encounter along the way? What kind of things happen? And where's the limit? Yeah, where's the limit? All these things, you know, you can lay it, you can write it down on paper how to do it perfectly. But whenever the rubber meets the road, you're going to run into problems and you're going to have to push yourself and figure out where the, where the limit is. And when you, you know, it's like also about, screwing up a little bit and figuring out before it's too late and it it, there's it it, it, i think the biggest thing to me was you know i i i totally agree with the whole like crashing and these guys and the, the whole mentality of having to go through that to achieve such a high level of skill and, and knowing a, you might not survive of course but the, the, the crazy thing about the whole movie and the whole way that they present it and the, the 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 great thing about the way that they present these characters is that in the very beginning it's like in a bunch of different arenas of life you you, you look at it and you say these guys are totally insane morons and then you start to hear about their lives and hear what's going on in their minds how are they like you learn a little bit you know it's not like we 
knew know everything about these guys now or anything like that. But halfway through it, I no longer think that they're totally insane. Right. Yeah. I just I just see that it's you realize it's a passion. Like it's they're it's just, just that passion. Another one of those passions. Yeah. Is there's a million passions out there that are utterly dangerous and completely, you know, life risking and it's like mountain climbing, you know. Uh, if people get to the top of Mount Everest, they're like, "Oh, you're amazing." If people die climbing Mount Everest, you're like, "You're an idiot." Getting you know? a liberal arts degree. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, this is why I push live updates to production during work hours. Oh, do not say that to me. <laughs> My gosh. Because <laughs> I gotta make mistakes, man. Before. That's, that's why we have staging, Kyle. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm kidding. Well, I have done that before. But but my point is that you know you have you have these like uh, you have these people that in the beginning you think they're just insane and you think oh my gosh why how could you ever risk your life in that way and then you just see that it's just and you it, see you see not only see their passion, passion you see their intelligence and you see their it's like it, yes. there's an intel, intelligence and a commitment that comes with it like these aren't just crazy guys out to get an adrenaline high these are like brilliant people who oh, are yeah. Yeah. Uh, once they're older <laughs> some of some <laughs> of the younger ones you know they're young but it's <clears throat> yeah there's a, there's a lot more to it than just a crazy guy who wants a rush the movie there, did a really good job of showing that there was more to it than just a sport like you're saying sure. like it, it's not like I don't know. It's not just like, like you said, just like this, just, you know, testosterone, like, oh, we're just out there trying to get a thrill or anything. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think it did a good job too, like kind of, and I don't know if this is true of it, but like coming out of watching that, I would think that, that those guys really don't care about the money of it either. Like it was just always about like just winning and winning for their team and doing a good job for their team. And they never, right, they get paid the same whether they come in first or second. Right, and they never, you know, they well, never I came mean, there's, out. there's prizes, but uh, I'm course. talking about like their contracts. But it was never, um, and I don't. And at first, I thought this was kind of a selfish thing, but then I kind of got the the community of it was like they whenever they talk about crashing and stuff, they would never say like I crashed. They'd always say like we crashed or we messed up, because mm-hmm, you get a sense mm-hmm. of like how this is this is just the kid on the bike, but there's a whole team of people. Working tired. There's programmers. Yeah, There's just the, like, dude, the right. level of electronics that are programmed into the yeah. ECUs on those bikes. So there's there's software people, hardware people, mechanics, engineers. It's insane. Yeah, it's well, it's interesting. It's like its own little mini SpaceX for each But there's of- so much there's so much glory with you know these riders too and right. the the social um just the the the, the importance, air, right? The importance that this has to these, to these, uh, to specifically these to these, to these Spaniards and Italians. It's this movie oh, makes oh, it really yeah, obvious. Like, oh, every every main character in the movie is either from Spain or Italy, except Casey Stoner. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. It's, except the lone it's Australian, like, like he's like the level of commitment like, from the individ- from their hometowns and from their mm-hmm. like Rossi has. An in, like entire street committed <laughs> with his number hanging outside the window. So it's great, though. Gosh, that just is. Such I love a the story thing. about the priests that ring the bell every time Rossi wins. Yes, that was a really fun yeah. thread that they ran throughout there. I thought that like 
dude, whenever, like, the uh, funeral... It was Simoncelli, uh, when Simoncelli died. Oh, Simoncelli, that was... That, that, I mean, you would have thought the freaking Queen of England had died. That yeah. was huge. There and he wasn't even a... He, he never won a race. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he wasn't that good. That's he did. Not, that was his first. That was his first year. He would have. I fully believe he would have been a very successful. But he. Uh, that was his first year. Yeah, yeah. and, and he was dude, not on a top tier team. So that that guy's dad, like he's talking oh. about making those T-shirts right up in that, and then it was, oh, dude, and I, I, it totally blindsided me because. I was like, oh, man, look, his dad is so sweet. They made T-shirts. Oh, they call him Sitch because of this track and all this stuff. And then that crash happens, and they, well, do, they do a replay about three times in slow-mo. And I'm thinking, why is he's crashing outside, and then he's coming back inside? Like, how? what are the physics there? Because it... It is just so weird, and then so, all of a sudden they're like, and then you see his helmet go, just like scattle, scatter ugh. across the the uh, the track. And I thought, what? How is this? What are the physics involved in this crash? And then they're like, uh, yes, Simoncelli, we can confirm he died at four twenty six. <laughs> I was like, what? That's when I was like, Jesse, what's so, the name you watch? Blew me away, dude. So seen. Marco Simoncelli, he he came up during this era, and uh, he had won. He didn't win Moto Two, but he won like the, basically the teenage races, the 125 oh. CCs. He won that championship, and he was uh, Rossi was kind of his mentor in a way. So Rossi, this old guy, uh, Simoncelli came from his same hometown, well, his same region, basically his same county in Italy. And he knew uh, him because he, you know, that's his area and he's the most famous racer in the world. He knew that this really successful kid was coming up and they would, they're both very Italian. They would, very Italian. They would both hang out with, like, he would hang out with him, spend time with him, like, train him. And uh, so Rossi, uh, that's part of the story is how connected Rossi was to Simoncelli. Oh, okay. And, um... Because, so, I mean, essentially, like, we're spoiling the movie here, but... We're spoiling the movie, that's fine. Essentially, uh, Simicelli goes off to... It was a, during a turn, Simicelli's going away from the turn. Right. He loses his balance or something. And then he, he leans back to overcompensate because he doesn't want to lose his position. He, like, does something extremely aggressive where he doesn't just take the fall or, or ride out slowly and then get back into the race. He tries to cut it back in the other way. And when he does... He cuts some, in front... Of Valentino yeah. Rossi yeah. and some other yeah. white dude who I don't think they ever said his name, but he showed up. Like oh, they time. definitely said his name, but oh, his none name? of us remember it. So, <laughs> oh, you don't remember? But he, was, he was an American was, guy. Some American dude. He's like the only guy. The only American dude is just like plain Jane in there, just like well, whatever. He's in there because he killed Simicelli. So, <laughs> oh my god! I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. He, well, You're not wrong. Rossi, uh, but it was he it was Rossi, he and Rossi both hit Simicelli. And they yeah. crashed both. I mean, it could have killed them. Honestly, so, yeah, what, like- what happens is on a motorcycle accident on these super fast tracks, when what 99% of the time what happens is you either lose the front tire or the rear tire. And there's only two tires, so that's bad. But uh, Oh, yeah. 
what that will happen then is the motorcycle you're already leaning into a turn what happens then is the motorcycle just falls over it can you fall towards the inside of the turn and you and the motorcycle slide off the track towards Towards the outside outside of the towards the outside of the loop yeah right so there that is called a low side uh what is also possible is you're leaning into the turn and you lose it but then you counter steer because it is possible at that point to pick the bike back up. Hmm. So uh, when you see the really terrible happen uh, accidents happen, it's someone yes. counter steers to pick the bike back up, but then they lose control of it. So instead of sliding out of the turn, the bike just flips over and it starts going end over end and flipping. And usually uh-huh. at that point, the rider, because they're on top of the bike instead of under it when <clears throat> it crashes, they get thrown through the air. So that's where all the broken collarbones you see in the movie come from are high sides. Yes. yes. They're people overcorrecting for a mistake and then getting thrown from the motorcycle. The Simoncelli accident was very, very strange mm-hmm. because he almost saves it. What happens is the motorcycle leans over and then it falls over. But instead of sliding out, he does counter steer and get the wheels back on the ground. But he does not do it enough to stand up the motorcycle so the wheels the tires grip the asphalt yeah and push him back onto the track without inward, the motorcycle inward towards inward the, towards the, the other racers yeah without actually standing the motorcycle up so this yes. is a situation where everyone behind him sees him goes down and they think to themselves <clears throat> go to the inside so i don't hit him turn to the yeah. inside so i don't run into him and then suddenly out of nowhere because they don't they're not their eyes are not looking at the outside of the track they're actually this is one thing you got to think about these turns they're hanging on the inside of the motorcycle so not only are they not expecting him are they expecting him to not even be on the track anymore they actually can't see oh, they no, cannot they a, see the other side of the bike a big swath of their vision that's just totally yeah because they're literally out. on the other side of the motorcycle leaning yes so uh that was why he was struck and he mm. did pass away. That is terrible. I mean, it 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 was, it 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 got me. I I was it was yeah, it was, was sad. That was not I a thought G- that was just yeah. Not a He did a great job. Like I felt I felt like his dad's like reaction. I mean, because I mean, I don't know when they filmed all of this. I don't know how much was like footage they got in the past and how much they filmed like during. But um, it seems like most of the interviews with his dad were afterwards. Okay, yeah, that's what that's what I would think. Um, but his dad was like in good spirits about it. Like, I mean, and I mean, I, I don't know the cultural difference or whatever. And he was like, "Look, this it is what it is." And I was like, "Man, I think I would if I were a father and that happened to my Man, son, I, I would never go back to a track ever again and just be depressed for the rest of my life." But well, he's guy, a team like, manager. He, he became a team manager after that, right? At the end, it was like he's training other kids and stuff, and like he's still yeah. in it. And like, we learned that at the end of the movie. I didn't just, yeah, know yeah. Um, and so I was like, that's that dude's got some, got some stones. He has something he I was would hope great, that I though. Would. I think that yeah. the dad is just a, I mean, the dad was he, great, and you could see where, where Simoncelli gosh. got his attitude because Simoncelli also had, he had such a carefree, like, he was a nice, mm-hmm. fun guy to be around. He was not that successful yeah. of a racer, to be honest. But sure. but he was he like was, he had a great personality, and you could see yeah, that even when him. he was arguing with Lorenzo in the press conference during the movie. You could see like yeah. he had a very like 
happy go lucky. <laughs> yeah, and I was at, at that point. I was thinking like, that oh, was this right Lorenzo the guy. Beginning. Yeah, so great. so he's joking with like L- Lorenzo saying like, hey man, you're being a dick because you're driving recklessly, recklessly, and then Simicelli's you know being a dick back and making everybody laugh kind of at at Lorenzo and like take and then Lorenzo get like you know what you do in that situation is what like if you want to end people kind of mocking you he's like oh guys but for real this is a very serious thing we're doing here and we could all die any second and i was just thinking like oh this fuck this exactly uh, it was like what it was like watching bugs bunny talk to elmer fudd like Like, lorenzo was trying to be super serious like look we're risking our lives here and i don't think it's right i was like i I hate this guy man this guy freaking sucks and then simon and then simon was like arrest me then i guess i don't know (laughs) you'll see me in jail (laughs) chili dies and then like throughout the movie lorenzo like goes through that crazy thing like so i hated lorenzo up to that point because he kind of looks like a dick anyway and like you know the whole movie is kind of like and i don't i assume this is the way it was but it paints you. I was like, Simicelli's cool. Like, you should kind of like him. He's like an underdog. Like, people that, were booing him, yeah. and he went to the race anyway. You know, like, yeah. He, that's you want to like this guy. He, he's the guy you want to be on the side of. Uh, just, just as, as a note, when he, when he was being booed, that was because <laughs> he injured Lorenzo, and yeah. he did injure Lorenzo, and that was Lorenzo's home track. So yes. that's why he was being booed. But, well, Lorenzo, it's a, the the one thing that like clues you into the what's about to hit you is when lorenzo is like and i did not want to talk to him and i did you know he like totally like ignores simoncelli like in the hall like before when simoncelli visits him when he gets out of the hospital and lorenzo is just like like literally (laughs) wagging his finger he always does this he's he's big on the like finger finger wag yeah i love that he's gonna have a lot of he's gonna have a lot of like fingers that he takes back in the future whenever these people pass away <laughs> because he does it more than once <laughs> a finger out of yep. but no, no, no. yeah but he, when he's like and and i didn't you know i didn't even speak to him and i wish i i wouldn't have done that because life is too short and blah blah to blah enemies, thought, yeah. oh well that's you know that, that's dang that's pretty deep and then it's like and then you see a helmet rolling <laughs> across the grass outside of a racetrack yeah i know yeah hits you it was uh i think yeah i think the the drama of it all i don't think i would have enjoyed this as much had i known about the moto gp you know what i mean alex like like i i think i enjoyed this more not knowing anything about it maybe so just learning and and learn delving into this world anew it it was a good it's a good uh it's a good what do you call that no, it's a good it's an apex. Introduction, introduction yeah it. it's a good apex it's a good apex <laughs> but yeah so uh, around the, the same time the so we see uh, Simoncelli pass away and then two things happen uh, three things actually Casey Stoner the like existing champion retires he decides he just doesn't want to be he's still very successful but he just decides he doesn't want to do it anymore yep he can't uh, get winning He's like, ah, a guy died. I got a daughter. Yeah, he had a new daughter. Someone died. His wife was totally like, I bet bet his wife, I'm just going to assume here, because it always showed her like there all the time. Um, She seemed seemed very involved. Yeah, she was super, (laughs) looked really young. Yeah, they were both like, I don't know what they're doing down there in Australia, but. uh, But she's there, and I was just thinking, like, okay, Simicelli dies. And I'm thinking, like, okay, if I were doing this, Courtney would totally have a baby and pull me out of this thing. 
you know, in a like, heartbeat. Yeah, you will not have a baby because someone shall die. But like, they had a baby. We're, we're right. wealthy. You're on top of your career. Like, what are you doing? Like, why? Why would you keep risking it? You've you you know that you you've prove, achieved. You've like, proven your point. Like, you're right. a two-time world yes. champion. Yeah. Like, come on. What are you doing here? And um, and I, I really respected that about him retiring at, at 27. It's um, great though, dude. It, but you know, you think about it though, he can do it. Yeah, you can do it because it's like, d- w- and he he honestly, was still racing he after that. He just wasn't racing in MotoGP. I think he went to exactly. superbikes. Sure, sure. It, but you go, but you go to such an extreme. You know, it's like those. Uh, I mean, think about the freaking anybody from the cast of The Office. Why the hell are they still looking for jobs? <laughs> well, it, well, I, I mean, at a very basic level, like why? Do, at the very basic level, when I beat a video game, why do I then immediately seek out another video game? <laughs> it's problem solving. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, 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 uh, we're gonna bring this down to the loser level of the world. But let me I think take it that, down a million notches, real quick. Yeah, let's take it down a million notches. But I think that it's that, right? Like, uh, <laughs> right. I don't think it's. I don't think it's. I mean, what? What's? 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 The, I don't know. This is not Type Three coming out, but if you don't have something to shoot for or have some kind of goal, even though you've won and been the best, then what do you? What else do you do? Then, like, I feel like this Casey Stoner guy. He probably went home and said, "Well, now what do I do? I've raced since I was like three. I retired at twenty-seven. I got like at least fifty years left." Uh, he probably went through kind of like a quarter life crisis, I would imagine, figuring like, oh, sh- well, now what? It's uh, the way he exited, though. I feel like he probably didn't go through a crisis. I feel like he he was the way he exited. It was not like a, oh no, I'm being forced out, or ah, oh, no, no, it's no, like no. oh, I'm sick or something. He didn't feel like he was being forced out. He was just like, ah, I'm tired of this. I'm going to go do yeah. something else. But you, you know, surely he struggled though, like to think like, well, now what? Right? Surely he's working on. So- Surely he owns like a little restaurant or something. Now. Oh yeah, I mean he's it's he doesn't just do nothing. Not, I'm sure. Yeah, he he and he's not. He didn't like I said. He didn't like, quit. He didn't quit he racing. He just quit MotoGP. And he wasn't making twenty thousand a year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> he yeah, was yeah. making good money, and right. whenever he got to the to the apex. Yes. He made very good money. He hit the I think like, some of those contracts run like twenty, thirty million dollars a year. That's, so. Yeah, that's that's my point about the whole pe- the, like the using the example of those actors from the office. It's like uh, they all made a gajillion dollars, and they don't need to do anything else. Why do they keep doing it? It's just that it's that human drive. thing, you know. It's you that drive to. to to do something, to make something, to yeah. uh, to overcome something, to to push yourself to another level that you haven't done before, whatever. But in uh, in in his case, I would have said like, man, he he would be primed to do a million other things at that age. You know what right. I mean? Oh, like, yeah. and just brands and all sorts of side offshoot companies that are related to motorcycles i mean he could have done or not related to motorcycles no yeah Yeah. whichever whichever he he had a blank slate and could pretty much (laughs) he was probably one of those juicero guys (laughs) 
he had a um, he had a, a good start to any other uh, venture he would have. True. So that's oh, one of the three sure. things that happened. The other one is Rossi goes back to Yamaha. Yep. So Rossi leaves Ducati, the team he's been on for two he's been losing on for two years, and goes back to his old team Yamaha and gets on a good motorcycle again. So good news, Rossi. But like I said, he's had two years on a bad motorcycle falling behind because he cannot adapt to the new riding style. And yeah. the third thing that happens is Mark Marquez joins MotoGP. Yep. Uh, prob- I, I don't think he was the youngest person to ever join MotoGP, but he was the youngest successful person. Yeah, he's uh, and the I think, one to win, right? Yeah, he was the youngest one to win. I think at 20 years old, yes. he joined MotoGP. And again, we see the same thing repeated that we've seen before. And I will say Marquez is particularly notorious about this. He still races, and he still is famous for this. He crashes a lot. He yeah, crashes it, constantly all the time. And was really Marquez bad accidents, one, too. Was Marquez the one that had the highest speed crash in, yes. the, in the movie? Yeah. yeah that was the, the highest speed motorcycle accident in MotoGP history. And, that was uh, pretty incredible. Yeah. I mean, that... that, that, that and he crashed on a, in a straight line, which is very... That's why it's the highest speed one, and it's very strange. But, dude, <laughs> but you, also, you also saw he, there was, he, was, he was in such proximity <laughs> to that wall. There was a wall there, and it was like, dude, he could have hit anything and gone. Something could have sent him into that wall easily. Sent his bike towards the wall and hit him. Yeah, and like, that's uh, he could have anything, any bump that you know was. And you can that, see I that mean, is why he he actually low sided the motorcycle on purpose. So he yes, rolled the motorcycle. He made over. a point to talk about that. That's yeah. what. Uh, that's why I was thinking about the crash of Simoncelli where you're talking about the upriding it and the, you know, yeah. sliding out versus trying to upright it and whatnot um, and versus the crash that uh, Marquez has where um, he – He basically guns – He hits and he goes he, yeah. straight out in a, in a straight line, which is just insane. And I thought – how in the world do you direct you see yourself the visor. in that moment in time? You see the visor of his helmet pop off. Oh yeah, and Shoots skitter to a straight off on the, on the yes. track. But he, uh, yeah, what happened was he lost control of the front and felt himself drifting onto the grass. So there's racetrack, uh-huh. a very narrow strip of grass, and then a wall. And he thought, well, I certainly don't want to hit the wall. And he knew mm-hmm. that once he touches the grass, he won't be able to get back on the track. So yes. he ditches the bike and the bike hits the wall and starts and slides down the wall and flips into the gravel trap and all these kind of things. Uh, and Mark Marquez just, I think it was something like 230 miles an hour, just or slides down the asphalt and down grass at 230 mile, miles an hour to a stop and then competed in the race. <laughs> was that that was in was, practice. Was that yeah, the but, same crash or wreck that they were saying was like the longest one, or was that the one that no, was that wasn't the longest highlighted one. next? All right, so he's cool and all, but I think he's still a dick, and here's why. Yeah, he, he's extremely young, and like I say, Rossi was like this when oh, he yeah. joined too. But uh, go okay, ahead. But, but, so that that so that that part of the movie kind of blanks out the part right before it because they're like, oh this is like the longest crash and like he could have easily died you get to see like a good 
slow-mo you get to see that whole thing is like wow you see his parents watching died. the accident yeah but before that uh this this dill hole uh i don't remember the context of what was going yeah. on but he's r- going too fast on a practice test or something oh. and runs into the back of the other guy right that was you remember in, that uh, yeah <laughs> that you remember that alex yeah so this was in this was yeah, not in Moto GP. It kind of covers a little bit of his career okay. before he reached the top. This was in Moto Two, okay. which he was the first person to ever win uh, Moto Two his first year in Moto Two, and the first person to ever win. Well, we'll get to that. But uh, so he to find that edge, like I say, he was one of those people who was very much like, "I'm going to push myself until I crash." Yes, to yeah. find the absolute best way to ride this track. So what he had the habit of going at full speed all the time during the practice mm-hmm. session. So this was a case where the practice session was ending, which means once you cross the checkered line, that's the end of the practice session. You pull back into the pits. So everybody else was slowing down because it essentially doesn't matter. You're about to end anyway. Yeah. But he was still going at 100% full speed and just came around a corner. And he, he races in such a way. That his ideas. Don't cover this up. No, I'm not covering up. I'm explaining. So you're sugarcoating it. I'm no, I'm not. I'm explaining just how bad it is. Is what I'm doing. Bastard. He with he like he had to see it from a mile away. There's no excuse. He did. And this is the only way you could see it at that speed. Bumming along. You saw it a mile away. On their own business, trying to compete, but not being a dick about it. And then he runs right into the back of the guy. Since a guy flying through the air, both bikes are freaking disintegrated because he was going too fast in a practice session where he knew other people would potentially be there, right? Like right, he knew that. Exactly. And and he so, races in such a way that he puts his motorcycle where he thinks his motorcycle should be, and he does not care if someone else is there. And yes. that is why he runs into people constantly. He is like a lot of people did not like him during his early years because of how aggressive he is and how much he runs into other riders. He's probably one of the most dangerous people to be. And that part of it, Rossi was not like that, but it, right. So it is this case of like, he he comes around the corner and there's a bike already there. And he's kind of surprised because he does not care if other people are in that spot. He figures, I'll adapt to it when I get there. That's the way he races. But this is a case where everybody was going too slow for him to adapt to it because he's a dummy. Yeah. I mean, it, it, he's it's, also it's intelligent. crazy, though. And the worst but, part of it is he has this massive accident in practice and then wins, has to start from the back of the grid because he's a yes. terrible driver, and then he wins anyway. Yeah. He's just that guy you love to hate. He is. He's like the top he's the heel. GP. But it's he's he's still a very... He's not as dangerous as he used to be, but he's still a very aggressive driver. I find I mean I find the pattern is like the younger the more aggressive, right? Yeah, sure. they haven't crashed a lot. And that's like you saw in. you saw at Simoncelli, he actually he was a very dangerous driver, but it wasn't him but being then, aggressive, it was him being un uh like unexperienced. Yeah. Like right. he was having problems controlling the 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 motorcycle whereas Marquez was just running into people on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you could see, like, Simoncelli was kind of on this pattern where he was getting better with the motorcycle and he was having less acts. Like, he was on the uh, right trajectory. Well, and there was, they made it, they, they had a small thread in there about yeah. the change and the, you know, going from, like, I'm going to be just purely reckless and crazy to, like, he, they showed this little arc of 
right. wanting yeah. to, you know, become a more responsible driver and just more. Whereas Mark Marquez just kept hitting sure. people and he yeah. <laughs> he's one of the most successful racers ever. That it's so nuanced, though, because like, like at the same like I respect that he's hitting people if you want if he's just trying to get past them to win because it's a race and if a guy's in your way you got to get around him yeah sure you know so it's like there's a fine line but the whole thing where he like hit somebody when they were going slow he's just a dick for that one but right i'm mm-hmm. gonna give him a pass on almost other things um, and on a lot of the other ones like one of one of the most controversial parts of this where they they talk about a a race where he ran i think it was lorenzo off the it was lorenzo's birthday at his home track oh, yeah. where they had just yep. named a turn of the racetrack after him yeah and marquez runs him off the road <laughs> at that turn and he moves back from first to third but if you go back and watch it and that all sounds really bad and he got a lot of hate for it because again mm-hmm. he has this repetition of reputation of being aggressive but if yes. you do look at that incident it is Lorenzo made a mistake and Marquez took advantage of it. So -hmm. there is that fine line of this guy who has a really bad reputation of being aggressive and hurting other drivers. Like he didn't do anything wrong in that instance, essentially Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there, there was contact between the two drivers, but that was because Lorenzo made a mistake and then tried to pull back in. It's because it's because uh, he, well, he gave Lorenzo just enough, rope to hang himself right then and then lorenzo came in uh and made the mistake and it was yeah it 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 made it look like it was uh marquez's fault but it it really wasn't so there are that's the fine line you're talking about kyle it's like this guy definitely has incidents where he causes accidents and injures other drivers but that's not always the case and speaking of injuring other drivers let's talk about collarbones we touched on this earlier (laughs) yeah Mm. that was my next thing i was actually well collarbones slash i mean we'll talk about the the major collarbone story but but at the beginning of the movie i hated lorenzo because of him and some simicelli simicelli dies and then lorenzo is now older and then the, the Marquez Lorenzo kind of thing happens after Casey Stoner retires. Right. And I kind of start to respect Lorenzo more. Yes. Now he's older. Yeah, at this so point, he's been in it, it. It's his fourth year. He's won twice. Right. I think I just hate young kids and I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, like, oh, damn, kids and their motorcycles. But, um, but no, but his, he had a, uh, like, once the whole collarbone thing happened with him, and I'll let you guys describe it, that's when I was like, dude. I kind of have to respect you here for mm-hmm. doing that. Like you didn't have to do that, and it's kind of dumb that you did it. But I can't not respect like your devotion to this. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, there, there's there's a caveat where like maybe more people would do something like that if they had the resources to do so, because obviously sure, he's on like private jets. But but yeah. I think but I think it kind of spoke volumes in a way because, like you said, just they get paid regardless, and anybody would have said, "Dude, we get it." You broke your collarbone. You're not going to make it to the race tonight or whatever it was. Anyway, I'll let you guys kind of talk. So what happens is Lorenzo gets in an accident in, I believe, practice. And he gets a high side. His motorcycle starts to slide. He picks it up. It was definitely what you described as high side. And he gets thrown off of it. Mm -hmm. And And it's flipping and going crazy. And he lands. He's flying through the air like literally heels overhead uh and so he sticks his arms out to break his fall 
which resulted in a broken collarbone. He breaks his collarbone, he, which he has done before, mm-hmm. and he rushes to the hospital. He gets surgery, and they put a metal plate with six screws into his collarbone to keep it steady. Six. six. So wait, 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 wait. I just so want to know why. Like, couldn't it have been four? Time couldn't time it have been three? So wait, wasn't it that he had to race the next morning? Yes. So okay. in a race weekend, practice happens on Friday, uh, qualifying happens on Saturday, and racing happens on Sunday. But for whatever reason, it was all jumbled up this weekend. So he has to race pretty much the next day. And the reason he had to race was because if he didn't race, that would have blown his chances at the season and winning the championship, Uh, right? So this is halfway through the season. Everyone's very competitive. Lorenzo, Pedrosa, and Marquez are very close in points. So he knows that if he doesn't race, Marquez is going to get a lot of points, and he's going to get no points. So he's going to fall very far behind in the championship race. Yeah. So he... Flies to Italy to get surgery. I think the, the race is in Spain. Flies to Italy, gets surgery, flies back, and something like 13 hours after he has surgery to get a metal plate put in his collarbone, he goes out to race. Well, I think it was, I think it was, I think it was something like they, they, the number they say was something like less than 36 hours after the injury. Right. Yeah. And like that that in and of itself is just I mean that that's 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 again, wild. You're, you're not just that's sitting just on wild. this you're not just sitting on this motorcycle. Right. No, like I said, like it requires a lot turning. of strength. So you yeah. are you are doing there's a lot of physical activity going on on the motorcycle. So he races the entire race, does not have an accident. Thank God. They and point out that he was on a couple of painkillers. Yeah, <laughs> you can like, you can tell he, he may have had a few. How and would he, you and, have done that, dude? And how would you have been like going two hundred miles an hour on some road tab? Like, you, your body just takes <laughs> over, bro. And he, he he's already around that. the corner, man. He's well, what did he get fifth? And he was, I mean, like, yeah, he I came mean, in fifth, which uh, considering the circumstances, the, pain, the, the emotion of it, he said, but I'm sure it was just the pain. <laughs> Sure, dude. And it he was pulls crazy, when but... he pulled into the pits after the end of that, and he just collapses. He basically has to be picked up and carried off of the motorcycle to a chair, and like not actually carried. You know, people were walking with him, but and then he just gets into the chair and takes his helmet off, and he is bawling, crying. <laughs> Yes. Like either the emotion or the pain or whatever. I'm sure most of it was pain. But yes. To just, man, it's basically think about lifting weights for 40 minutes after a, a collarbone surgery. And that's what right. he did. Oh, another thing that I, that, that I, I, I'm surprised we didn't bring up, but I can't remember at what point it happens. Uh, is speaking of pain, is the, the person, wh- whichever racer gets their, Ring finger. <laughs> That's Pedrosa. Like I want to guess Pedrosa. That's Pedrosa. He's, like he's the fall apart man of MotoGP. He is, he's the most. He's it. the most unlucky. <laughs> he's the most. I swear, he's the most unlucky rider ever in Moto. He's retiring this year, and I think he's Thank the God, worry about it. most successful rider to never win a championship. Like he's had many years where he's won more races than anyone else, but because of just some hinky rules or some crazy wrecks, 
he did not get the championship. So yeah, he had his he had his ring finger cut off in an accident because the brake lever. <laughs> that was nuts, dude. Yeah. His and he's he's pulling off his gloves on the on the track, and he's like, ah, like you can tell that he's just ah, and and, and it like doesn't look like pain. Hand. It just looks like anger. He's like slinging his hand around, like son yeah, that, of a, I can't believe like, this what happened. What is that? And it, I mean, you can see in some. Just slight grainy yeah, detail. The, camera, that the camera's a far away, but you can like, tell there's something not there that's supposed oh to be my there. God, dude, I didn't. I can't yeah. imagine. I can't imagine like going like I have a a I have a a leather glove that shows that has five full length leather fingers on it. Take it off. One of my five fingers is you know one third the length that it was before. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> Just, I would absolutely, I would just crumpled right then on the on the on the tarmac. But I love right his there. reaction because he doesn't get sad or emotional or in no, pain. He gets so angry. Off. He still yeah. just, it, I would have absolutely been like, ah, this yeah. is just all but about my no, finger right now. That's the same guy as when Lorenzo was hurt and and out us. A race. I think Marquez and Lorenzo were both out in one race for some reason. He was the guy, like, he was on pole position. It was destined for him to win this race, and then his motorcycle won't start. Oh, that was <laughs> terrible. That yeah, was the guy. So funny. worst. I cannot, dude, that guy is cursed, man. I know. Uh, it, it goes like, through the list of all his injuries, and, like, while, while it's showing him being, like, like wheeled to a helicopter. No, no, the, the problem was that I thought at that moment, when it was like, they're going to try to let him get back on the track. And like, oh, he's still going to try to keep going. And he's, he's still – and I was like, oh, crap. He's going to die. This is going to be the next <laughs> Kelly right here. He's Easy about to like, die. He's not going to make it. Like, he, this is going to be like – he's already got bad luck. He's lost his finger. But remember. His bike is about his, to his explode. His bike is going to explode and everybody's just going to run over him. This and is also the small guy. The next day with third degree burns. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm back here, guys. I can do it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, You're describing so the guy's entire career, though. Like, this isn't just that season. That's every year for this guy. I don't think this I is don't also the, I think it has something to do with the fact that he's the small guy, though. Yeah, no. Yeah, he's... Yeah, yeah. he's he gets beat up. It's literally more difficult for him to drive the bike. I have to sit back though and like realize like he had a crappy career in that that aspect. Like if if any of those three dudes would not have come up at the same time as him, he would have been yeah. like world champion renowned because like no one else oh, yeah, comes yeah, close, yeah. right? Like he, right. That's the th- that's the thing about him and like the, all these guys is like that's the whole thing like, about the movie is that it, it's all the other people dudes. on the track. But it's always these bucket of guys, and if you don't have Marquez, you don't have Lorenzo, you know, if those guys will not have come at the same time, the same guy we're laughing about, like, oh, his he's the damn Marino, his life sucks, whatever. Like, he would have been like yeah, potentially the next exactly. you know, Rossi, right? Yeah, he would have yeah, been yeah, incredible. Yeah. Like he's still amazing, he's still very wealthy, obviously, but And I will boy, add, like is, I said, very successful. Like <laughs> he he wins races all the time. Yeah. He just doesn't win championships. Yeah, well, it, it, if any of these guys had been uh, an island unto themselves, and as far as uh, standout talent in the the field, you know what I mean, in right in on. that window of, of time, they they would have all been uh, champions. They would have all been number one. They would have stayed there for a, a number of years. But it was the it was 
I mean, that was the beauty of this documentary and the great That's what selection. I like it. It's about it's the people. The, it's the perfect selection of time. This time frame is perfect. Yeah. It just highlights this wonderful, like, turning point. The whole, but the whole, I feel like it's one of those times in, you know, you have it in markets, you have it in sports, you have it in all these things where, for whatever reason, you have a bunch of brands come together and all advance at the same time or all bring something new to the table or maybe right. a bunch of like you have your apocalypse talent. and your deep impact yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. but you know it, it's one of those things where it's like the the face of the sport had to have totally changed in that season um just because of those guys and it could have been the same sport the same traditional style carried throughout on the shoulders of some, you know, on, on Rossi or whatever. It, like he could have just done that, but right. there was this, you know, it, there was this accumulation of talent there was this sudden bubbling up of right. other people, dark horses on the scene. And that's what made this, this documentary, you know, if it had just been about like, Oh, motorcycle racing has been super important in Italy for a long time. Yeah. And it's, it's here's an inflection the story point. about yeah. Valentino and in let's just watch how he does, how he goes about his business for these three years. It would have been like, okay, that's great. But it was about the fact that like the face of like the whole, the whole way that that sport was going to be played out was changed and new rules were implemented new frameworks were the technology of the yeah, motorcycles changed everything was changing right then the talent that was coming in was changing the technology was changing the rules were being updated and, but and rossi uh, is still there <laughs> yeah but that's that's what makes him like you know the freaking uh, that makes him like the he's 40 Michael years Jordan. Old. He's it makes amazing. him like the the Michael Jordan or the or whatever of right. of the MotoGP. Oh my God. So, yeah. so speaking of Rossi, he still looks like a ten year old. Yeah. Yes. So speaking <laughs> does, of Rossi, the bells. So yes. in Rossi's hometown, which is a small town in Italy, there <laughs> there is a like all Italian towns. There's a bar and a church. And yes. uh, th- in a church, they had a tradition. This is a tradition with Ferrari in their hometown, too, I think, where mm-hmm. every time they win a race, the priests would go to the bell tower and ring the bells in the church. And uh, so this is a point where Rossi is back on a Yamaha. He hasn't won a race in two years, I think, because he was on the Ducati. And, yeah, it's been uh, two years. Halfway through the season, he finally wins. He's been coming in second, third, fifth. But he hasn't come in first, and he finally wins another race. And my favorite part of this story is the priests start, they yeah. start reenacting, like, Unsolved Mysteries style, how they went and rang the bells the night that Valentino Rossi won again. And you can see there's live footage from inside the bar, like, the yep. little bar that's entirely decked out with photos of him and his number up everywhere, and everybody's screaming. And the priest is saying, 
Well, we went and we turned on the bells, and then we went to the bar and we forgot about the bells. So they never <laughs> they turned the bears on off, and they were on automatic. The bells, because they have a machine that rings the bells. So they went to the bar and got drunk and forgot about the bells and left the bells ringing in this town all night. I would be so pissed if I lived there. I love that. That's probably my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, that was a good part. These um, old, one of the, and of course, the most Italian names ever. I think one of them was Don Giuseppe, one of the priests. Yeah. And Val- Valentino Rossi, also, I want to say, talks like one of the. Pr- plumbers from the mario games he could be like there's it's like mario luigi and valentino rossi yeah like the way he talks is so stereo stereotypically italian it's oh yeah it's yeah, the yeah. best it, it's, that's one of those that, you like, got to move it a bike people, like tiffany or like uh what was it no it was tiffany's sister we were watching something the other day like something terrible cupcake wars maybe i can't remember <laughs> And Sounds there was good. somebody. There was somebody extremely Italian on as a judge, and uh, they started to critique the offerings of one of the contestants. And she was like, "That's fake." And I was like, "Nope." I said, "That's you got just- the treat of the bike like a pizza pie." <laughs> like that's the way he talks. It's so great. It's so it's so real. It just seems fake. It seems totally put on sometimes because uh-huh. you're like, "Does it have to be that thick?" Yes, it really does. The accent is just that good. Freaking love that accent. There's a um, there's a uh, a guy with a podcast. And I can't think of his name right now, but he he has the same type of accent. And I just it sounds it totally sounds fake. It sounds like right. someone someone putting on, but it's just so it's so it's so great. good. Love it. I love it. I love it. Yep. That was uh, a good. Jesse, I think I think you made a great selection. I think that was a, um, I, I, it was something I never ever 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 would have watched on my own volition. Never. Have I not even just surfing through would have chosen it? But it, it's a wonderful thing, you know, and and it's shown me something that I could. I think really it's, find it shows a good example of why I like racing. To be honest. But, it's one of those things where, you know, I give this movie a shot and it opens up a whole new world to me. Um, it's kind of like just recently, you know, with football, it, it doesn't take that much to understand the dynamic of like why people like it and the right. why certain teams do certain things and why there are like certain strategies and certain in and you know take it or leave it uh if grab onto it and become a huge fan or not it it gives you a certain appreciation um that i i would have never otherwise have had for this sport and i think it's fantastic i mean i think that this is like it, it, it's so well done like the movie is just so well produced yeah, and, and the wish. way the tor- the stories are told but I can't see myself I can't see I can't see a documentary being done in the same fashion for yeah. uh, NASCAR think of like the Brad Pitt narrating a NASCAR documentary about 2010 through 2014 it's not going to do the same thing it's not uh, the culture's not the same. Not, the sports. Yeah. I don't know. Did you watch Talladega Nights? 
<laughs> no, that's different. That's not a documentary. <laughs> it is a classic. Are though. you sure? I think you could watch a compelling documentary about NASCAR, but I don't know. I I would only if something compelling happened in NASCAR. That's right. true. That's, I, that's, for all I know, that's why I thought this this movie would thing, be really though, good man. because it even sucked my wife in, and you know she doesn't care anything about racing or anything like that. So it's like it makes such a human connection at such a specifically wonderful time to be involved in the sport. Yes, and and to me especially the like these races not being hours and hours long is a big deal because it's you know well i mean i guess everything now is like you know trying to be like instant gratification whatever as far as like uh major racing and major sports events go you don't get a lot of things that only only last 45 minutes you know what i mean right and for it to jam pack all the action and intensity and all of it right there and for that to be just how it is and it's not a, it's not some sort of abbreviated it version was, it's not any it, it, it's it, it's great right. i love that idea of the sport and, and it, it was probably it. it was probably one of the most exciting times to watch because the 2000s were mostly boring because it was just Rossi winning every race. Yeah. And so it's it's this situation where the old guys kind of moving out, the new guys are moving in and it feels like anything could happen. Well, between these five guys, anything could happen. I bet I bet you that there were networks, you know how like you know each team had what seven engineers or something crazy uh, as far as all these different mechanics and uh people on the teams to move the old guard out and to try to usher in this new wave of racers to 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 reinvigorate the sport as a whole that took a lot of foresight i think they the yamaha the Yamaha team boss talks about that at one point where he says the whole reason we hired Jorge Lorenzo was to push Rossi out. Yeah. But, and but Ro- you know Rossi that, like, just wouldn't go to, away. <laughs> there had to be a lot of that behind the scenes because you you got to get to keep well to keep the flow of money especially just in the in the sport and in the in the limelight you know, to keep everything fresh and new, you got to make it more interesting than just Rossi winning year after year after year. And it, it makes, uh, it creates a, a rising tide that, you know, will hopefully raise all the ships and all of them. You have all these other teams or all these other racers come up in this season that come onto the scene out of nowhere but you know that, like, man, there was probably tons of behind-the-scenes work that just went into right. researching. And you have and these guys changing scouting teams. Scouting. Not just Rossi. Yeah. I mean, you see Casey Stoner moving from Ducati to Honda. You see, and then he leaves, and they have to fill in at Honda. And there's a lot of drama around think, who's on what bike. The real question here. is, Go would, for have, it. would Casey Stoner have beaten Mark Marquez had he stayed for that first season because Mark Stoner kind of handled 
uh, Lorenzo and uh, Pedrosa, right? He did, yeah. He was yeah. Uh, he, he kind of like not he and Loren- head I will say above, he and Lorenzo he, were almost neck and neck. Most of the time they were in together. He and Lorenzo were were about even. So they were the but, big two for the two years yeah, that I Rossi was it, at Ducati. It would have been neat to see Lorenzo Marquez and Stoner. And Pedrosa was just there on the sidelines picking his <laughs> motorcycle up. Just wrecking in the first turn. Yeah, just like <laughs> breaking his collarbone every race. It's um, like all shucks, like a pigeon flies into his helmet <laughs> or something halfway through the race. They, they just put a clown suit on him after a while. He's just the entertainment for the kids. You know? What about, what about though, like, think, have you thought about, and I don't know the ins and outs enough to know about it to know an actual answer to any of these questions but if the bike is that important which it is what about like rossi 2014 going to honda or something like that what would yeah what would that have done what would that that, have that done? would have been wild because it's a like i said a big problem with the ducati that's was a good machine though the philosophy it... behind how the ducati is built is different to yamaha yamaha and, and honda are japanese they follow and suzuki is the same way this theory of like precision and and placement and things like that whereas ducati yes. is a very like it's literally a shaky motorcycle muscle yeah it's just muscle yeah they're usually more powerful but more difficult to control mm-hmm so if he were moving to say a Honda, which had kind of the same philosophy but was more powerful than the Yamaha, which it was, the, like you have to sure. give a lot of respect to Lorenzo for keeping up with Marquez as well as he did, because honestly the Honda was a much because better motorcycle. Marquez was that on year. the better machine, and that's the he way that the they machine. tried. They laid it out that way, and that's what made me think. I was like. You know what? And, and I mean, what if? Uh, because I'll say this. Did they ever talk about Lorenzo's teammate? No. During that period, they never even mentioned him. Why? Because he was halfway back the field. <laughs> True. Well, I mean, it's just one of those. Things, like, but I- and then Rossi moved to Ducati, and you just—they just never mentioned who took that spot. Yeah, but the whole Rossi move to Ducati was so huge. And then they talk about the Hondas and the Yamahas, and then move back to Honda, or the move back to Yamaha with Rossi and everything. And I was, I mean, I just think like if I don't know if it would have been the same. Maybe the team dynamic might not have been the same. You know, he wouldn't have had the same engineers, the same coaching, the same whatever. But the machine under him on a, in a Honda might have been enough to make him an even have. give him an even different like edge altogether. It, but you never I mean, know. that's just, that's just one of those things. It's like, what if, <clears throat> I mean, that's just a, what if, but I, I <clears throat> because they're even thinking. entirely different, uh, engine specifications. I think the Honda is a V four and the Yamaha is an inline four. The engine, so like they create yeah. their power in a completely different way. So yes. it's it's kind of wild how different the motorcycles can be actually because it's this definitely like prototype racing series where these aren't you know man these aren't motorcycles they're manufacturing they're literally throwing definitely spaghetti not. at the wall with these things. 
It's like it's like there was there was one incident with uh, Marquez and Pedrosa, where Marquez like lightly tapped his rear wheel, like barely touched him. Yes, and then that caused Pedrosa just to get in this giant accident. But it was because mm-hmm. he had severed the the cable for the traction control. So as soon as he put power on the motorcycle, he lost complete control of it. But the fact yep. that the cable that connects the traction control is just hanging out back there, like exposed. I it's that's no that's sense. what you you get into that kind of stuff in here where they're literally will take a motorcycle apart and put it back together with different pieces between two races. Oh yeah, well I mean, but that is that is part of the reason bringing it full circle that these bikes are millions right as opposed to something that looks you know round about the same and is like i don't know like 20,000 or something because it is this it's this amorphous thing it's this it it is the prime example of the epitome of like what it is these engineers think is the best at that moment in time and if it changes the bike is going to change it it is literally the hottest shit it is the hottest shit (laughs) and so it's like you couldn't just buy that bike because you can't just buy what this engineer and what this group of engineers thinks is the best right at that moment because if they think it's going to be it, it, like they're going to change it the day before the race and then the driver goes it, out and practice and tosses it into a gravel <laughs> trap and it completely splinters apart right oh yeah yeah or or like bashes into the back of somebody at the practice round lord that was such a bad accident <laughs> dude that one got me mad that one looks so That's bad ridiculous. the guy that got hit like you can just see his, you can see like a sine wave snap down his spine. It looks so bad. Uh huh. It so yeah, floats into the air. Part of the reason they I should. chose this is uh, I'm I have become a motorcycle ri- rider and I've been getting obsessed with motorcycle stuff lately. And I've seen a lot of, of documentaries on motorcycles, and this one just grabbed me as I really think almost anyone could watch this movie and enjoy it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I, I I think it's great. I think that it's. It's it's well done, you know. They they did a good job selecting Brad Pitt to narrate it. They did a good job of, uh, you know, it, it's it's a little bit of a longer, you know, movie. It's a nice length, but it's not too long. It's it's speaking got, of too long. It say what? Speaking of too long, we've oh, been recording yeah, exactly. a while. <laughs> It's got, but it's got, it's got minute detail. It's got, it's got broad detail. It has, it has everything in there to kind of get you abreast of the situation just enough to where you are not going to, you know, to where you really feel like, like you you get it was going on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and, and I think that was great because it, that's, that's what you need to get somebody to want to be a fan. That's what that that's that's a that that was awesome, I, and you know I I have no idea where people seek out looking for like these races on a 
lot on a regular basis. I don't. I, uh, I've never just yeah. It's to in watch the United them. in the United States. You have to have the all, really only channel it plays on is BN Sports, which is not a, a part of any package you've probably ever had. So uh, yeah, yeah, the the rights are just exactly. real tied up in the United States. So it, it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't play on TV. So I'm going to see it on YouTube. Yeah, you can subscribe to, you can get like a MotoGP subscription for a hundred bucks a year, or you can Google them on YouTube and watch the entire season, which is what I did. Yeah, exactly. Or Daily Motion. But I I (laughs) thought it was, I thought it was a wonderful selection. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure that like, I don't know. I, I'm not sure it's for everybody, but I sure as hell was not. A, a, expecting to like it as much as I did whenever I started it. So, and, and I really loved it. Next week, are we okay to talk about photography? I would love to. I, oh. I think you two are going to be ready to go. I'm going to have to do a lot uh, of reading about f f stops and I'm, I'm uh, not, I mean, millimeters. Uh, yeah, this is, this and is, I, I, I have to. Yeah, I have. I, 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 I just have, have to, to go out and spend to... about five thousand dollars on equipment. <laughs> that's about that's about right, right there. I've been. I look. I got to dial it back. I got to be like this week, this upcoming week. I need to dial back the number of articles and videos and things that I ingest regarding photography. It's. It's you're, such you're a like, strange you're, field. You're super into it, though, and like you I take really, really good photos. He does. I, I and I appreciate that. Hattiesburg's most famous Instagrammer. Whoa. What? Well, but it's one of those things where it's like you when it, when it comes to something like photographs, it, it it's like you can take a picture that everybody likes, and yeah. then but it's still not. Exactly. Yeah, we're gonna get into it. We're gonna we're gonna ah. talk about it, Alex. Okay. There's, okay. Yeah. yeah. There's that's, a technical that's, aspect that's of it. There's an artistic no, aspect no. of it. We're gonna dig. We're gonna take all the layers yeah. off of that expensive yeah. onion. Because um, yeah, because I, I think it'll be interesting to talk to you, Alex. Me coming from a very amateur, I might even say lazy view of no, it all. Where I, like I I don't think I have an eye for. I try to have an eye, but I don't think I have an eye for what's good and bad. And I think that would be something I would like to talk to you about because I feel like I don't okay. know. I guess I we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it later. We'll um, talk about it later. But know, we're I running. This is we need to stop talking. This is People really long. Love, they will love how long this is, Jesse. Okay. I believe they will. Okay, I, I look forward very much to talking about. Should I just leave? <laughs> like no. you guys keep going, just leave it recording. No, no, no. No, no. I actually, I actually have to pee really bad right now. I have to go. All right, that was Alex May. Thank you for joining us again for another episode of Wizard Opinions. Uh, This week we talked about the movie Hitting the Apex, available on Amazon Prime. And next week we're going to be digging into photography. So uh, for everyone at Wizard Opinions, uh, Mark who's not here, Alex and Kyle, uh, we will talk to you next week. Bye. All right, see you.